Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us. Coming up on today's show, we're going to be joined by Joseph Wolken of Forbes as we'll get Joseph's insights on the NASCAR world, get to know his background, and have a very intriguing conversation with Joseph when he joins us coming up in just a little while from right now. Plus, we will have our news and notes segment as well as our Ask David segment. We'll recap the NASCAR championship and look ahead to the off season with some of the top storylines in the sports and uh, joining us as always, David Starr, we'll bring him in in one second, but before we do, let's go racing is presented by ticket smarter ticket smarter. Kim board is the primary sponsor this year. David's 08 Ford Mustang. We want to tell you a little bit more about what they do. Ticket smarter is a national ticket resale marketplace with tickets to over 125,000 live events, including NASCAR and other forms of motorsports. Fans can get tickets to every NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Camping World Truck Race throughout the season. For the best deals on tickets, visit Ticketsmarter.com to get your tickets today. That's Ticketsmarter.com. David Starr joins us right now. David, it is uh, good to hear from you. We were uh, off last week, uh, a last-minute thing, but we actually had a very good reason why we were off, right, David? That, man, man, I think, uh, I think our... Uh podcast family is growing would you say tyler <laughs> i think so uh it came a little early than we expected so we uh we pushed off the show a bit as uh we uh we, we do have a new family uh, member around here as uh dominic Alagon joins us right now uh dominic uh what's what's going on with you a little slight change the last couple of days uh, maybe a little slight change maybe a seven pound three ounce 19 inch change to our lives <laughs> Yeah, my wife, Felice, and I, we welcomed our son into the world, Christopher, last week. So I was telling Tyler and David, like, hey, so I might be out this week, or I might, we have to push it to later <laughs> in the week. And uh, David and Tyler, they're both family people, as you all know. Gosh, you listeners, you guys are so awesome on the show each week. We, we appreciate the interactions. You all know how close the three of us are and how close we are to our families. And it wasn't even a question. So I, I got to give Dave and, and Tyler here a, a a shameless shout out. I appreciate you guys. And for, of course, being understanding and, and getting to meet the little guy, too. <laughs> looks looks like uh, <laughs> he looks like Dominic, doesn't he, Tyler? Yeah, he does. He does. Uh, we're very excited for you guys. And uh, welcome to uh, a little Christopher to the world and uh, expand our uh, podcast family. Uh, Dom, uh, definitely uh, congratulations to you and Feliz. I'm glad that everything went well. Uh, What's it like being a dad now, uh, you know, joining the uh, the dad gang? <laughs> Man, I, I can tell it's not like, I mean, sure, it hits you instantly. When I was in there in the delivery room and you see this little guy and he's born and it's like, wow, that's Felice and I's son. And he is our boy. He's he's our little man. I call him little man, little buddy. And yeah, it, it's a it's a it's a great question. It's a loaded question because there's just so much to unpack with it. One of my favorite things to do with them, just love to to hold them in my arms and just walk around with them. And I've never been good at the baby talk thing. I know there's so many good people I can just do it so well. I, just, I hold him. I talk to him like he's a 20 year old man. Like how I'm talking to you guys, how I interact with the other members of my family, extended friends, everybody. That's how I talk to him. I'm just walking around with him, and everybody's looking at me like, oh my gosh, you're crazy. But it's just so cool to look into his eyes and he's just looking around the room and he's just taking everything in. He's just trying to, I think, learn the environment of the world around him. It's so cool. It's so cool to see these small steps. And 
I can tell you guys, man, you all know I'm a very emotional person, but he has made me even more in touch with my emotions. Little Christopher knows how to tug really, really hard at daddy's heartstrings. That's for sure. That's awesome. We're certainly happy for you. And uh, now I'm the only one here. No, uh, no wife and no kids. I guess I'm let's go racing's most eligible bachelor. Uh, <laughs> from this hey, uh, point. Dominic, it, Dominic, what's Tyler waiting on? That's a good question. What are you waiting on, Tyler? <laughs> I, we I have to have another show uh, the, the whole hour to figure that out, buddy. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm just, as David would say, I'm just high on life, you know? I mean, just, uh, <laughs> well, and Tyler, I got to give you a shout out too. A few weeks ago, you said a tweet. I thought it was the coolest thing. I think I even liked it. Might have even retweeted it. You had said, I will look back knowing that I am spending the prime years of my life in the best city in America, in Dallas. And you, man, you're living your <laughs> best life, man. I love that. I love that. And I love, man, you're not subscribed to Tyler's tweets already, right? I mean, Tyler already has thousands of followers. So if you haven't followed him already, he is worth a follow on social media. But I, I love subscribing to his notifications. So I get that instant, I guess, notification or gratification that Tyler's tweeting. He's on his phone. And just the stuff that he, this man tweets just makes me laugh throughout the day. And that, I got to say, that was one of the most enjoyable tweets I've seen from you put out. You are truly enjoying life, man. And you, you're hey, grabbing it by the horns. I tried so, to be I tried to be follow Tyler? Say it again. How do you follow Tyler? Well, I mean, the whole summer Jones things ended, but I can I promise that you that failed though. That failed. No, it, so. it succeeded. It was a smashing success. That thing failed we're miserably, right man. Now, I, I promise you guys, even though the summer Jones is probably the best time to be following Tyler along on social right. media, the, the the other nine months of the year are still pretty all right. <laughs> yeah. You know, Dom and I got we each have Twitter notifications on each other. We turn each other on bonk. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, I mean, I, we're, we're always entertained by each other. You know, I mean, where else are you going to hear people say like me talking about the Las Vegas Raiders and say commitment to excellence, my ass? You know, I mean, <laughs> except on social media. David's well, you're very, you're, you're very wow. frank, and and one of the things too, I'm sure many of the followers you guys have seen, we, we banter back and forth on social media. A couple of years ago, I was helping Tyler call a football game. And we saw this 98-yard run. And, Tyler, I know you know the name. He's running for – Devin Neal, yes. Yeah, Devin Neal. He's running for University of Kansas now. And it's a 98-yard run. And I think Tyler tweeted out the clip, and I, I retweeted and said, what an historic moment. So we're always going back and forth saying, that's an historic moment. That's an historic moment. But we have a lot of fun on social media. live in historic moments. And the birth of Christopher Aragon was another historic moment. What is Maybe the most historic moment of all, uh, quite frankly. <laughs> And uh, David and I are now proud uncles. Uh, it's just Absolutely. Yeah. Proud, proud uncles. David, uh, we'll bring in Joseph here in just a bit, but want to look back at the championship weekend first and foremost. Um, and very interesting. Joey Logano gets the job done, really just dominated that race and walks away with his second title. Four wins on the season. And there was never a point in the year where Joey Logano dominated the season by any means, but he was consistently up front, was, uh, was having kind of a quiet year almost. Uh, but with all the parody that went on all season, kind of fitting that it ended that way that it did, that Joey Logano was the, was the best driver that day, walked away with the title. Yeah, it, was, uh, it wasn't surprising. I mean, you can never really ever count out Roger Penske, the, 
Tennessee organization, Joy Logano, man, they're always, uh, uh, you know, a threat to be reckoned with week in and week out. And, uh, you know, he, he kind of did it uh, kind of low key, but man, man, when they, when they came into Phoenix, man, they were ready. I mean, it, the, the domination, I mean, I don't know how much stages he won, but, but he ran up front most of the day, had a pretty dominant car most of the day. It was, uh, it was impressive to win the race, win the championship. I mean, they, they came ready to, to win the race and to win the championship. It was, it was impressive. And, uh, it was cool to see, uh, you know, kind of a last-minute charge by Ross Chastain. He was uh, there, and uh, you know, we—I know none. Of, I don't think any of us really chose chose uh, uh, Joy Logano, but man, nobody uh, did. Who did? Nobody. Hey, yeah, I picked, but, I picked him. You guys go back and check the the records. I picked Joey Logano to win the championship. I'm not right sure. I, I don't know about that. And I, I only picked him because I had said that he was the most prepped of the, of the three other drivers. And you're right. You're but, right. Okay. But I'm I'm very rarely right, so I, I have to say I was right there. Yeah. I think it's a pretty historical <laughs> moment for uh, Roger Penske. Yeah, uh, you know he won the IndyCar championship and then to back it up with the NASCAR championship. That's a pretty big deal, you know, to win. You know, to win both those series of championships and you know the, the world's two largest racing series is pretty awesome, yeah. man. But but man, that uh, they came ready, man. It was, uh, I tell you, it was impressive. And not only was it impressive by Joy Logano's team, uh, really by the whole organization, because uh, uh, Ryan Blaney was strong most of the day right there with Joey. And uh, uh, it was just impressive, man. They, uh, you know, they had, we knew they were locked into the, to the championship race at Phoenix. And, uh, you know, and, and sometimes you, you wonder how, you know, when they're locked in early on, earlier than most, uh, man, when they got to Phoenix, God, they were ready. And uh, it, it was impressive. That's all I can say. It was impressive. And, uh, you know, not surprised to see Joey Logano uh, as a, you know, repeat champion, you know, because he's, uh, like you said, Tyler, they wasn't really one that stood out throughout the year, but they had a lot of speed throughout the year and consistently up in the top 10, up top five throughout the year as well. Don, we know you're, uh, you're quite the historian, so I want to ask you about Joey Logano's legacy now. He ties Kyle Busch for the most championships among active drivers with two and, you know, tallied up four race wins. He won more races this championship than he did his previous championship when he won uh, three races the last go round, you know, I, I'm still waiting for Joey Logano, Dominic, to have like that, you know, just nine or 10 win season. Like we've seen the Harvick's, the Kyle Bush's, the Kyle Larson's of the world, but that might not be his game. I mean, we, we see him just consistently run up front, limit mistakes, um, to me, that's what I look at with Joey Logano. I don't know if he'll ever have that eight-plus win season uh, in his career. He's always going to be up front, and he's always going to be in contention. It was supposed to be a down year for Ford, too. And look what he did to be able to come through with this title. Sure, sure. In 2015, I think, would be the one that kind of just sticks out as the outlier. I think he had six wins that year, and that was probably the most he's ever had in any Cup Series season with most points wins and didn't make the, the championship four, had the issues with Nat Kenseth at Martinsville, all of that. But you're right. I think that consistency, I, I think of maybe Terry Labonte, 
this generation of, of Terry Labonte, where Terry was always up front. That's didn't necessarily lead a lot of laps, but like Greg Biffle said on this podcast earlier this year, if you could just be in the top five, run in the top five, you're giving yourself a chance to go for a win if you can muster up the rest of you, right? The equipment can get you there, but that driver talent has to get you there as well. And I remember Biffle say that Logano really strikes me as that driver as well. Because again, we're not going to see Joey lead 2,000 laps a season like we saw with Kyle Larson, like in 2021. And granted, this was the next gen vehicle and the comers and goers and all the parody that we did see come with 2022. But I do see Joey Logano running up front more often than not. 20 top tens in a year, not out of question. Double digit top fives, absolutely. Multiple wins. And you're right, Tyler, we may not see that eight or nine win season, but Joey Logano is dangerous and lethal at the right time. Yeah, he is. Um, Let me add to that, Tyler. Um, Yeah, go ahead um, real quick. I don't believe he needs to. If If you would ask a driver or multiple drivers, would they rather have seven to nine or 10 wins in a season or a championship? I can assure you that probably 99.9% of them say a championship. You know, I don't know if, if you know, winning 10 races or nine races is really, uh, is really the importance. What the importance is, is just, you know, that consistency, winning your fair share of them, whether it's two, three, four. Uh, but, but, you know, I think every race car driver, the, the, the big picture is winning the championship. You know what I mean? So I, I, for me, uh, you know, uh, that that's he did what what everybody works so hard, the organization, what everybody wants to do. You know what I mean? No matter how many races he won or didn't win. I think here's the fair comparison, what you're saying. Um, would you rather be Denny Hamlin or Joey Logano right now? I think all of us <laughs> would rather be Joey. Uh, sure, Denny's won more Daytona 500s, and he's had, you know, the – the seasons where he's won the eight plus races and has done everything but win the title. Joey maybe hasn't won the races Denny has, doesn't have the Daytona 500 wins, but has the two titles. Dom, I'd rather be Joey than I'd be Denny right now. Oh, 100%. Those championships definitely carry a lot more weight. Daytona 500s, of course, are special. Not every driver has done that. Look at Kyle Busch. He's won two championships, but has yet to reach the Daytona 500 pinnacle. Same with Brad Keselowski winning a championship. But you're right, the championships are the ones that ultimately get counted towards your legacy, towards that greatness. Let's put that number in perspective, Tyler. There are nearly 3,000 drivers across NASCAR's now 75-year history in the Cup Series that have ever strapped in a vehicle for a Cup Series race. Just over 200 have won a Cup Series race. About 130 of them are multiple race winners. And you drop that number down even more, only 36 are NASCAR champions and only 17 are multi-champions. Those numbers mean more than winning a bunch of races. The races are very important, but the championships even mean more. Right, right. It's a very good point. Also, championship weekend, uh, you know, Ty Gibbs wins the Xfinity title and did it in very clutch fashion. You know, dominated that race right down the wire, him and Noah Gregson. I thought that race was better than the the cup race, quite frankly. Um, And great job by Ty Gibbs getting the job done, and they put on a show. But – sad overshadowed that was just within 12 hours his dad coy gibbs uh, uh one of the executives with joe gibbs racing son of uh, joe gibbs passed away and uh ty ended up not running the cup race that next day david you know coy gibbs uh 
very just heartbreaking news to see uh, Coy Gibbs pass away. But, I mean, at the very least, I- I'm just glad he got to see his son win that title before he went. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. Just still kind of shocking. You know, Corey was a, a great guy, great person, great friend of mine. I just spent maybe 15 minutes with him at uh, at Homestead. He walked by and he came over and sat down with me. And we talked for about 15 minutes. And uh, we've been great friends since 1989, man. Uh, Corey and J.D. Gibbs and Coach. Uh, been, came to our Team Texas High Performance Racing School years ago. And uh, and then racing in the truck series with Corey and JD, they just been they're just class acts, great people, and uh, man, it's just uh, you know it's it's hard to comprehend that uh, both of them are, are are you know in heaven now, um, uh, but man, just I don't know, shocking, sad. Uh, Corey was so full of life. Both of them were. Uh, great lives they had, great families, great kids, uh, you know, uh, just sad. And, uh, you know, you just looking back on it, the joy that him and his wife felt uh, the night to watch their son win the NASCAR Xfinity Series championship. You're just thankful that, you know, the joy and the proud, the proud parents and, uh, you know, that the joy that that evening had for them uh you know uh brings you just a little bit of peace but man it's just hard to believe Corey is not with us anymore 49 years old uh just a man a great person uh healthy as I you know he looked healthy and it's just sad that you know that him and his brother JD are just not with us anymore at a young age you know and I just feel bad for the family um can't imagine uh, their parents uh, just, you know, the, the, you know, you know, the son. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just it's, that's a tough one, dude. That's a tough one. You know what I mean? But uh, just show goes to show you. And it's kind of cool. You know, uh, uh, Christopher, you know, Dominic's boy being born last week and and just how wonderful life is. But, man, it's just so uh, it is so precious because you never know. Uh, how quick it can be taken away from you, you know what I mean? But uh, but definitely uh, definitely uh, a cool weekend of racing, but sad, very, very sad, uh, the, yes. the, yeah, the death of Corey. Um, Dominic, uh, our next guest, uh, we won't leave him waiting very much longer. Uh, tell <laughs> us about, uh, about our next guest, Joseph Wolken, who uh, joins us making his debut for the very first time. You guys go way back. We go way back, and I can't believe it's taken episode 90 for Joseph to finally come on our podcast, but I'm very biased towards this individual. I have known him about <laughs> 10 years. He reached out to me. Oh, we're gonna No, have- no, no. You reached out to me. I reached out to you, but, you know, but here's where I was going with this. Joseph reached out to me about going out to Pocono Race. This is like 2014. Do you want to come to Pocono? We'll go cover it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So we made it happen in 2015. I get on an airplane and I fly from New Mexico to New York to go meet Joseph Olkin in the flesh for the first time. And we had known of each other and we're the National Motorsports Press Association. Joseph had been covering NASCAR for Rant Sports and then on to frontstretch.com. And now where he's at with Forbes Sports and has been following the sport for a long time. But I've known Joseph for a long time. He's one of my best friends. And he has so much of a wealth of knowledge of the sport, has so many great connections within it. And 
and he may or may not be helping keep the, the Jeff Bodine project on, on track. So, Joseph, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us this week on Let's Go Racing. Thank you for having me. appreciate it. It's great to be here. It's great to finally meet Tyler and David. It's a real pleasure. Yeah, Joseph is one of the super fans of the show, and he's always asking how it's gone, and so we're always going back and forth. But I'm going to steal David's question here. David's usually asking this question to our <laughs> guests, but you take us back. Tell us, Joseph, from the beginning. Where did that inspiration for following NASCAR come along? Did you have, was your dad really interested in the sport? Did you have uncles? Where did the passion for NASCAR and motorsports start? Yeah, so my story's weird. Um, I was in Toys R Us, and as you can see behind me, I have a lot of die cast. I <laughs> didn't have a lot of die cast back then. Um, and I saw an Eminem car. I really liked it. The week after, I just happened to be flipping through channels. I think I was in the third grade, fourth grade, something like that, 2004, that I remember, and I see the Eminem car winning the race, and he ended up winning, it was Elliot Sadler, so I became an Elliot Sadler fan, I started following sport every week, uh, my teachers and my, like, the fellow students would mock me for watching NASCAR, and eventually in high school, I went to a journalism high school, um, I started writing for school paper, and I interviewed Robert Richardson Jr. You guys remember <laughs> that name? Oh, yeah. I sure do. Yeah. He was even an analyst with the racing experts for a little bit. And he was on a tractor when I was interviewing him, so I could <laughs> barely hear him. And I didn't have a recorder back then, so I had to write down everything. And after that... Um, you know, I just started reaching out to different publications to freelance for them. As you said, Rant Sports, which I don't think they exist even anymore, was kind of like an SB Nation type. I just worked my way up. Um, I started working for FrenchStretch.com. I became a social media person, an Xfinity column every week. Um, and then from there, uh, reality hit. When you graduate college, you need a real job. And I went to Tel Aviv for two months to kind of figure out what I want to do, live the Israeli life a little bit, came back, became a newspaper editor, uh, ran a couple different newspapers, and then I went to work for the Israeli government. I left journalism. I became an immediate director of the consulate in New York. And now I am freelancing for Forbes, even still to this day, for about two and a half years now, thank God. And it's been an amazing journey. And it all started from seeing a tweet during COVID that Very someone good. was hiring freelancers. And I said, why not? And I thought I left NASCAR reporting because I, I just didn't want to do it anymore. I wanted to focus on my main things. And here we are. I've made amazing connections. I've interviewed just about every big name in the industry, every team owner, driver. It's really been a fantastic thing. And you guys were just speaking about Joey Logano. I actually spoke with him twice in the last month because one, for the, the USA document docu-series, Race for Championship, and then he ended up winning the championship the next week. So it's pretty crazy. Well, and you hear a name like Forbes, Tyler, I think of gold bar journalism and and i think forbes carries itself too like you think of like okay let's look at the drivers for example of course drivers are going to want to levitate towards television radio that's going to give them the most reach for their sponsors to reach as many fans as possible but i would put forbes in that category too because when you hear that name forbes sports oh people want to talk to forbes forbes 
man, so cool. You're a part of their organization. You're helping with that gold bar of journalism. Yeah, I'm really honored to to represent this company. It's one of the biggest publications in the world, obviously. It's an international name, and that comes with a lot of pressure, obviously. It's a pressure to to do really good journalism, to tell unique stories. I'm very proud to say that just about every story I do comes with my own interview. I don't work off other people's quotes and things like that. I only use press releases for the most part. I just interview people and actually make relationships when I cover them. And I like to tell unique stories. For example, a few weeks ago, I told Brett Griffin's story Brett Griffin's story never been told before, and it amazed me that here's a guy who has an unbelievably well-listened podcast. He's a spotter and a business owner in the sport. That's a huge angle that other people don't really touch, and I'm very proud to say that no matter what my who I'm writing about or what I'm writing about, it comes with a unique angle. Well, Joseph, that's pretty awesome. I mean, it's uh, it says a lot about your ability and, and uh, the passion you have for uh, for journalism and, and NASCAR for Forbes to to you know to get you to be part of their NASCAR team or sports team. Uh, it says a lot about your ability. That's pretty good, I man. That's that's they don't they didn't reach out to Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> wow, shout out to me. No, that's 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 not, pretty awesome, man. I'm not but, on Joseph's level. No, jo- Joseph. Yeah, no, no, that, that's, that's well, you know, it, it came with a lot of hard work. I started a front stretch when I was still in college and I was managing the social media pages for front stretch while also doing weekly interviews of lower drivers at the time um, across the three series. And even I would spend time in the ARCA garage with people who don't even race anymore, no names. And it was a lot of hard work and dedication. But at the end of the day, I knew that I needed to invest in myself. I was very lucky that I had a mentor, Tom Bowles, who took me under his wing after he? I saw him on Regis Philman's show on FS1, Crowd Goes Wild. And then I found him at Pocono one day. So I ran down pit road, chased after him and said, I want to work for you. And somehow or another, he actually hired me to work for him and uh, really indebted to him for what he did to help me. That's pretty awesome, man. It's, it's amazing to to turn the TV on and fall in love with racing from watching yeah. racing. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, and I was eight years old. That's the crazy part. <laughs> and that, 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 that is amazing, man. So yeah. man, what a cool story. And uh, man, I, I love it. You know, uh, I, I love uh, the work and the journalism you did and telling the cool stories. There's so many great stories, uh, all the different uh, characters, uh, whether you're a crew chief, team owner, crew member, PR person, uh, journalism, you know, journalism, journalist in our sport, uh, a driver. There's so many cool uh, stories, you know, and, and it's cool to, that somebody like yourself would, uh, you know, you said uh, no name drivers, but man, just, uh, you know, I think, uh, 
I think all the race car drivers that race locally, dirt tracks, ARCA, whatever, you know what I mean? It's just, uh, we're all one big family, really. It's a small family. And it's really cool for you to uh, showcase their story and, and, and their abilities and what they've done in the sport. So it's pr pretty cool. I, I can appreciate what you did. And I think it's pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. You know, some of my best relationships with people um, come back to when I was also covering local divisions. I would cover the only racing we have out here is Modifieds. And um, a, guy, a guy named Rob Blunt, uh, he convinced me to go out to Riverhead, which is about an hour and a half drive for me on Long Island, all the way at the end of Long Island. And I covered Modifieds, and that's how I met Ryan Priest. And Ryan and I talked pretty frequently and I could see him at the track now and it'll be like I haven't we haven't seen each other in four or five years but it'd be like we haven't seen each other since yesterday that's that's pretty cool man and I'm gonna tell you those guys that run those northeast modifieds yeah. man you talking about some great great race car drivers my god uh man when I'm up there in Pennsylvania I'm visiting with Missy and Rich Fix or Maggie Fix and up in that area we're racing in Dover or Pocono. Man, you go you go find you a good, uh, awesome dirt track in that part of the country. Man, you, it don't get much better than, than those modified races. It's amazing how fast, how competitive. Uh, unbelievable, man. It's, it's pretty cool, that's for sure. So, Joseph, what's been uh, some of your favorite stories to tell, man, over the years? You know, one of my favorites was the first one I did for Forbes, actually, which was about the SRX series. It was just announced. They didn't even debut the car yet, but I really wanted to cover it. So I got to speak to the heads of the founders of SRX. That was an amazing story. I had a really good one with Ronnie Childers and Kevin Harvick to talk about their chemistry together and how they've become a real dynamic duo that just simply cannot be separated and even when they have a bad week they don't get mad at each other they know how to work with each other that was really an in-depth story that i don't think is told enough um people forget that they've been together almost a decade now and they've had so much success it's really unbelievable they've been some of the most dominant people together in the sport um I would also say the fact that interviewing Chip Ganassi was a really big honor to me. He is such a cool dude. Um, I actually spoke with him not only about NASCAR, but about how he was going into Formula E in a, a different series that um, you know they were racing off-road throughout deserts and on ice. It was very fascinating. Um, Dale Earnhardt Jr., every time I speak with him, it's a pleasure. He has the craziest stories about racing. I've interviewed him in person, had a beer with him, um, talking about how he used to smoke cigarettes and would lock himself into his RV at the racetrack to go play video games, have a Budweiser, and smoke cigarettes. Um, <laughs> it, it was really crazy. And he's telling me all this in Manhattan. It was very surreal for me. Um, and then one of the coolest things was this year, actually. Um, my first interview of the year was actually this person's first interview of the year in his new role. It was Jeff Gordon. 
And he, like you, David, was like, whoa, that's a lot of stuff behind you. Um, he really <laughs> liked it. And that was a fantastic interview just because it's seeing someone go from one type of role as a broadcaster to suddenly, he's obviously been doing business stuff for with Henrik for a while, but to suddenly become the heir to this team is really a remarkable story that needed to be told. Um, same with Brad Keselowski when I spoke with him. And he just, you get the, these amazing people to open up and you let them tell their story. And that's what I really love. It doesn't matter who it is. And by the way, some of the best people I've spoken to have had not only business stories, they've had personal stories. Matt Tift, um, I nominated him for Forbes 30 Under 30 last year. And he was named as part of the list because of not only that he's the youngest car owner in the Cup Series now, but the fact that he's overcome so much after he was diagnosed with his health issues. So there's really just endless stories. Man, those are, man, that is cool to hear all that. Tiff is a great guy. And yeah. that's awesome. What an honor that was to honor, to, to you know, uh, to uh, recognize him like that. But, uh, but man, that, that is so cool to hear hear you tell us about some of your favorite stories, man. That's, that's, I, want, I want to read about it. I want to read them, yeah. man. It's pretty pretty cool. Yeah, you know, there was one other that um, Dale Jr. actually helped me with. That I, spoke, I spoke with him for about 20 minutes. It was about the first race after 9-11. And I worked with some people from Dover who, would, who retold the story to me. And as a New Yorker, obviously that hits personally, right? Um, so I covered the Mets a few years ago, and when I was covering the Mets, um, I wanted to do a story about the first game after 9-11 themselves and how they had this incredible win against the Braves of Mike Piazza hitting a home run, and I said, you know, no one is really doing this in NASCAR. That was much bigger day. There was over 100,000 people. It's people coming from all different states. There wasn't security like there is now. And I really wanted to find out what went into preparing for the day. And Dale really opened up about it. It was very emotional for him to talk about it because it was also a few months after his father's death. Um, his father's picture right back there. Wait, there we go. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's very difficult to talk about those things, but I think that when you become a professional athlete, and David, you could touch on this probably, uh, a sense of responsibility is put on your shoulders to open up about things that you are not comfortable speaking about because you know that it can have a positive effect on others. Absolutely. And I just think it's awesome as, a, you know, all you guys, uh, you know, what you you know, the stories that y'all capture and, uh, and, 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 you know, without people like y'all, um, you know, uh, your, your, your sport, your industry doesn't really get the, um, you know, y'all just, y'all tell some great stories and expose our, our behind the scenes of the industry, which is pretty awesome. You know what I mean? And people just eat that up and love it, you know, and, uh, 
And it's just cool, Joseph, to hear you hear you speak about all of it. I think that's pretty awesome, you know. And and you get pretty. Uh, what I what I like about you is in depth. You know what I mean? I mean it's, yeah. you know, you're you're really reaching deep down and understanding really emotions and and you know people's attitudes and what really yeah. makes them who they are. And I just think that's that's a beautiful thing, man. Well, and I got to brag on him real quick too. Like Joseph will share with me, hey, I might be talking with so-and-so or, or might be covering this story down the road. I'm like, oh man, I, I cannot wait to hear how that goes and just see yeah. that on the floor of sports cover of the website or just hearing about these stories that were in the works or that were going to be a possibility. It's so cool to get that behind the scenes, Joseph, man. You do cover some really cool angles in the sport and they're very unique. Like you said, you don't rely on the news desk. You don't rely on emails. You're going out and you're finding the stories themselves. That's what makes these stories more impactful. Yeah, yeah, yeah something that really, that really was kind of interesting, Joseph, when you said you've, you let your guests tell their story. <laughs> that was, that was pretty cool, man. Yeah, it's, it's rare, you know, um, this last week, I was very honored to speak with Christian Horner from Red Bull Racing Formula One. And he's a person who never opens up to anyone. He's closed off as it gets. Um, it was very well known in the Netflix documentary, um, Drive to Survive, that he would not tell anyone what he's feeling, nothing. And I got him to open up about, um, you know, it, it's been 17, 18 years since he joined Red Bull. This team didn't even exist. It was the same group of people that actually started the NASCAR team. And they, they're obviously much more successful than their NASCAR team was. By a long shot, and he has he himself is a former racer, raced in Formula 3000, and no one seems to talk about his former experience as a racer, and now that has guided him to become not only the longest tenured team principal in Formula One, but the most successful right now, and it's really those unique stories that need to be told. So let me ask you this, uh, Joseph, you know, kind of, you know, going back to where we started with the beginning of this show, uh, you know, the NASCAR season for 2022 in the books, what were some of your takeaways? What were some of the things that you enjoyed uh, talking about or covering this year? How would you kind of put 2022 in a nutshell? Yeah, what a crazy year, right? Like who expected so many winners? Um, I think just seeing the next-gen car develop the way it has in terms of competition, you also have the safety issues that came with it. They're very disconcerting. Um, you know, it's a real shame that someone like Kurt Busch can no longer race full-time because of what happened. And I think he had at least one more year left in him. Um, so there's a sense of guilt that comes of that, right? Because what could have been done to prevent that? And the fixes that are being made may not even help. Um, the rise and fall of drivers, the inconsistencies of most drivers in the Cup Series now is fascinating. I mean, you guys touched on Joey Logano. Joey Logano had a very average year for Joey Logano. But when it came down to the championship, not only was he the first one locked into the final four, but he was also the most confident. He told me the week before, I am going to win the championship. 
he said it. And usually if you say it, you don't really believe someone that says it. Um, but he just carried himself like a champion right until the end. Um, I do believe that the big story is seeing Christopher Bell rise to the top. He is really a special talent. He is probably the next Kyle Busch, I would say. Um, not just because they race for the same team, but just the way he is adapted very quickly to the Cup Series. And also similar numbers. Kyle Busch didn't have the best first two seasons, but he started excelling in three and four. Um, so you're going to see that of Christopher Bell. Uh, I think that he is really going to develop in something special. And of course, Tyler Reddick, he is the one to watch out for next year. He is a maniac behind the wheel. And also, back to the personal side, one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. So there's plenty of stories. Um, NASCAR, NASCAR going back to LA Coliseum is a big story. Chicago is going to be a big story. And I think that it's not the end. There's a lot that's going to happen because of this. If Chicago is successful and other races like it are successful, you're going to see more money thrown into the TV deal going forward, and that means more money for the teams. And that's not even mentioned Ross Chastain either. Oh, yeah, of course. Ross, you know, Ross and I go back way to his truck series when he was racing for Brad Keselowski. And I thought, oh, I would have like a 10-minute short interview with the guy. And he ended up speaking with me in his trailer for over an hour. And we actually had multiple of those conversations when he was at JD Motorsports. He was racing for Jay Robinson, which no one gives Jay Robinson credit for putting Ross Chastain in the cup car. Just unbelievable. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. And and so with that, uh, with 2022 in the books, what are you looking forward to the 2023 as we make this transition and gear up now that the offseason is here? What is uh, what's the stories you're looking forward to telling next year? Um, I'm looking forward for the season to start already. It's been one Sunday and I'm already bored. That's for sure. I'm going to need Quill Dominic more to see his, pick, his, see his baby and speak to the baby. Uh, you know, I really do think that the development of 23XI next year, this is a key season for them. How are they going to do with a new driver lineup? That's going to be a big thing. Is are the, the rookie class is fantastic for next year, too, by the way. How is Ty Gibbs going to adjust to the Cup Series? Is Noah Grayson going to do much better than you saw Ty Dillon do this year in GMS, in Petty GMS? Jimmy Johnson becoming a co-owner of Petty GMS. That's a huge story. I'm very excited to see how Jimmy does, what car number he's going to have, all those things that come with that. Um, and to see further what the development of the next gen is going to be like. Is the parity really here to stay? I think this is the season that the big teams will get back to their dominance. You won't see as much parity. Um, and also what happens to the veterans? Kevin Harvick and Warren Shorts Jr., you know, it's almost time for them to retire. Are they going to stay? Are they going to go? No one really knows. Um, and hopefully they stay because they're very entertaining to watch. So there's a lot of storylines going into 23. 
Um, you know, Chase Elliott, is he gonna compete for a championship again? Can can Kyle Larson rebound? How's Kyle Bush gonna do at RCR? Um, is Chris Busher suddenly gonna be really good now that he has a win under his belt? There's Brad Keselowski going to settle in as an owner now and compete for wins. There's a lot of questions that can't really answer yet, but it's definitely going to be a great year. Yeah, it should yeah, be. There's so many, so many storylines. I mean, there's so much, you know, just hearing you speak, Joseph, just next year, man, there's so much stuff that, you know, the anticipation of learning how this or what's going to happen and how it's going to work out is just amazing. Just hearing you talk gets me excited about 2023, that's for sure. And that's only the Cup Series. We haven't yeah. even talked about the Xfinity Series where <laughs> half of the field, including someone on this podcast, hasn't announced what they're doing yet. So there's a lot of different pieces of the puzzle that needs to fall in order to figure out what happens in the Absolutely. Xfinity Series. But KR Motorsports, good luck beating them. Right. Well, the announcement you're waiting on, Dominic Allergan will be driving the 09 car in the Xfinity. Oh, look at that. There we go. That, that's the moment we've all been waiting for. Yes. 09 yeah. Chevrolet with the, the blue and the white trim. Throwback to my old sim racing days. I didn't <laughs> win a championship one time, guys. That was 2010 in a shortened season. But that's a story for another day. Yeah. Okay. Time to try to go get that second title. But, yeah. but man, look at just Joseph, listen to your talk. You know, I think. You know, there's so many great stories. There was so much information and so much, so much stuff happening. 2022 was amazing uh, yeah. uh, racing season for NASCAR. You know, and 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 for just ra auto racing in general, man. What a great year! And 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 the parity that this new next gen race car brought to the sport, and yeah. and the opportunities it gave different teams, different drivers. Uh, like you said, man, there was a lot of new names winning a lot of races and, and a lot of uh, names that were uh, familiar names that wasn't winning like we were used to seeing them win, you know. And, and uh, But, man, what a, what a great season with so many great stories and uh, kept us on the edge of our seats all, all year long talking about who was going to win, you know, what was going to happen in the next cup race and uh, – what I just it was phenomenal year, you know, and uh was it the best say, year ever, guys? Uh I wouldn't say so. The guy multiple concussions kind of takes yeah. that out of the question right away. I will yeah, say though it's so probably it's... a comparison to the nineteen nineties where you saw that first place to twenty fifth place there wasn't really that much of a difference. A lot of comers and goers, really anybody in that top twenty five could have won a poll or go out and win a race, or lead laps. And we saw that this year. I feel like fans that watched in the 90s could probably compare it to that. When NASCAR was in that mid-90s, late 90s, where you had all these different teams and organizations that could run up front. We really didn't see that a lot through the 2000s and the 2010s, but we really did get to see that this year. I think that's where it compares. compares to that throwback to yesteryear, NASCAR in the 90s, in my opinion. It, uh, I'd say I that it was the best Xfinity year. Um Right. It, it, I thought it, it was the most interesting year since uh, when when Jimmy Johnson and Jeff Gordon went back and forth all year long, and Jimmy ultimately beat out Jeff to win the title. I can't remember. All Jimmy's titles run together in my head. Is that like 07 or 08? Like yeah. Mm -hmm. 07, yeah. 
to me, I thought this was the most entertaining season since that 07 year. Um, but yeah, just no doubt. I mean, it was a lot of fun for sure. And definitely excited for what's in store uh, next year. And we're going to jump to our news and notes segment in uh, just one moment, uh, as we have plenty to cover to look ahead to next year. Before we do that, today's show is presented by Ticket Smarter. Ticket Smarter is the official ticket resale marketplace of Worldwide Technology Raceway, where David won 2004. Fans can also get tickets to any type of event, including sports, concerts, and theater productions. Ticket Smarter is committed to helping those in need by donating $1 from every transaction to various charity organizations. Head over to TicketSmarter.com to find tickets for upcoming events. That's TicketSmarter.com. Dominic, uh, a lot to get to. Where do we start? Let's start with the adding of the name to the NASCAR Rookie of the Year class in 2023. We talked a little bit about it earlier in the show, but Ty Gibbs and Joe Gibbs Racing made it official on Tuesday, November 15th. The Ty Gibbs would be trying for the NASCAR Rookie of the Year honors in 2023. Ty Gibbs is going full-time in the NASCAR Cup Series in 2023 with the organization. He filled in for Kurt Busch at 2311 Racing during Kurt Busch's absence. But I think what the most interesting note on this, guys, is that the 18 car, the 18 number, I should say, will not be used at Joe Gibbs Racing in 2023. There's going to be a one-year reprieve on it. And this is the first time in the organization's history that the 18 car will not be used. The number 18 has been a part of Joe Gibbs Racing. It's been synonymous with titles with Bobby Labonte, Kyle Busch. It has been their staple car number. But Ty Gibbs will be racing the number 54. The 54 graduates with him to the Cup Series in 2023. I... uh no one was shocked by this news that uh, Ty Gibbs was going to the cup. That was the worst kept secret uh, over the last several months. But the surprise is the 54 number. But Joseph, I mean, you, you cover the, the business side of the sport and everything. Um, as surprising as it may be for JGR not to have the 18 car, from a branding perspective, this makes sense. This is the number that Ty Gibbs won the championship with. You move over to Cup with it. He creates his own identity, you know, easier to kind of branch off out of Kyle Busch's shadows here. Uh, I like it for Ty Gibbs. It's going to be odd not having a Gibbs car with number 18, though. Yeah, well, it's really good the fact that he can actually create his own brand with it. It's going to be his legacy, um, assuming he doesn't go back to the 18 at some point. You never know. Um I think a number is just a number at the end of the day. What really matters is the team around him. He's bringing the crew chief with him. I think they're going to be fantastic. Yeah, Yeah, they're going to be fantastic together. And most of all, he has a background in the Cup Series now. He got to race the 23XI car um, in 15 events. That is a huge, huge plus for him. And give or take, he didn't do that great this year in the Cup Series when he did run the car. Um, So I think that it's going to be a challenge for him. It's going to be a challenge for him to see how he does while focusing mostly on Cup. I assume he's going to do at least some Xfinity races still. Um, And it's going to be good for him. He's going to mature. He's not going to have a choice but to mature. Can't go around fighting people anymore, and he can't go around intentionally wrecking teammates this is the big leagues and uh i will say if you're gonna wreck a teammate it better not be warren shorts jr there's one big guy so uh good luck to him if he does that david uh of the rookie class next year obviously it's going to be highlighted by 
uh, you know, Noah Gregson uh, going over to uh, Petty GMS. And then uh, Ty Gibbs, of course, uh, there at Gibbs. Who do you think is going to be the uh, better rookie in 2023? Is it going to be uh, Gregson or Gibbs or is one of the other guys going to step up? Who, who do you like in that rookie class? Well, I mean, you you know, Ty Gibbs, uh, his ability, what he's done behind the wheel the last couple of years has been phenomenal. Uh, a, a, a championship caliper organization like Gibbs, Joe Gibbs Racing, uh, all the resources that you could ever want and dream of having. Uh, Toyota, you know, the, Martin Truex Jr., I mean, your teammates, Denny Hamlin. I mean, man, it's hard to bet against that. You know what I mean? Um, right. You can't say the same with Gregson at Petty GMS. They don't have the structure. Absolutely. But, you know, you look what Eric Jones, Eric Jones was impressive 2022 and went in a couple races or a race. I forget how many races he won, but he, he won really, one. he really did a great job uh, for GMS. And then, you know, with the having Jimmy Johnson join that organization as an owner <clears throat> and a driver, they got a lot of momentum, you know what I mean? And, and uh, man, the, uh, <clears throat> you know, the uh, Noah Gregson, I mean, man, that guy, he's phenomenal. Uh, has a lot of energy, um, you know, so you're going to see some exciting things out of both these rookies on the cup side and these both these organizations. But, you know, just looking at it on paper and looking, you know, us knowing what we know, it would hard, it would be hard to go against the, the, the Gibbs organization, championship caliper, uh, big backing from Toyota, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, you know, jumping in a car that Kyle Busch has been winning races and championships for years. Uh, you know, I mean, it, you couldn't ask for any better opportunity than what Ty Gibbs is 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 gonna gonna get. And and I believe that. Uh, and and hearing Joseph talk about it, you know, he'll he'll do he'll do great. I'm sure he'll go through his growing pains. He did really well in the 23-11-45 substituting for Kurt Busch this year. Uh, uh, so I, I just look for, for, for really a lot of, a lot of good stuff from Ty Gibbs in 2023. Uh, will it be a perfect year? I don't think it will, but I, I believe that he's, he's going to be the superstar of a superstar of our series of, of NASCAR for years to come. And, uh, he might even be the youngest champion that we see here in the future. You know I mean? It's just unbelievable the opportunity that he has uh, right in front of him. Well, and Dom, we saw Austin Cindric last year win the Daytona 500 and make the playoff as a rookie. I wouldn't rule that out for Gibbs or Gregson, either one, that they could get in victory lane and make the playoff in their rookie year. Well, we saw how well both of them filled in in their roles for the fill interim roles in the 48 with Gregson. We saw that with Gibbs at 23-11. They ran exceptionally well. Noah Gregson looks really good behind a cup car, and I would say the same for Ty Gibbs. Who's not to say these guys make it in with a win? The parody, Joseph brings up a good point. We're probably going to see that back to dominance with some of the bigger organizations, but we might still have some parody, and that could include some of the rookies. I, you can't rule these guys out. Noah Gregson is an excellent super speedway racer. Ty Gibbs picked up on this cup car rather quick. It could happen. And Ty is really good at the road courses. Plenty of those opportunities uh, there for uh, Ty Gibbs. David mentioned the uh, Jimmy Johnson uh, ownership to GMS, and that kind of was going to lead into our next story, Dom. 
really just came out of left field. And this also means a third car for Petty GMS part-time, I would think. And uh, Jimmy's going to run Daytona as well. I mean, there's there's a lot to unpack with uh, Jimmy Johnson going to Petty GMS here. So much to unpack. Jimmy Johnson called it a chance of a lifetime to have a part ownership stake there at Petty GMS. And he officially announced that in a big press conference at Phoenix Raceway November 4th. They're ahead of the championship race weekend. Well, most of the drivers were, and all the sites were set on that. That certainly took a big spotlight with seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion Jimmy Johnson announcing that he has a ownership stake there with Petty GMS. Richard Petty, I mean, firstly, guys, I think they should have called it 7X Racing with GMS. They still might. I haven't imagined there's going to probably be a branding change. There might be a branding change. I would not be surprised. I think that you can definitely play on that. 14 championships in the house now. But Tyler brought up a great point. That includes a 2023 Daytona 500 entry for Jimmy Johnson. At the time of this podcast, no car number has been announced or any sponsorship or how many races he's wanting to do in the Cup Series. But this would be his first Cup race if he can make the field because he's not locked in and there's no past championship owner's provisional in the cup series anymore it would be his first cup series race since the 2020 nascar phoenix finale how about that david what's your reaction to uh jimmy johnson going to petty gms as a part-time driver and a minority owner well i mean you know it was interesting you know i mean i, I knew jimmy would come back to nascar uh eventually uh you know i really thought you know, winning seven championships, uh, there's only two other men in history that have done that. And to do it with the Hendrick organization, uh, and, uh, you know, that, that organization is like family, you know. And, uh, you know, I heard Joseph talking about Jeff Gordon earlier. What a great guy, one of the all-time best race car drivers. But, you know, I guess the, the interesting part, what I really thought that if Jimmy was going to come back to NASCAR would have been with Hendricks, you know what I mean? So that caught me off guard. But, you know, you know, and, and like Jimmy said, it's an opportunity of a lifetime to have ownership stake uh, with Richard Petty and, uh, and, and uh, you know, what's the guy's name? Uh, 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 Marty Gallagher. Marty Gallagher. I mean, you know, he, Great businessman, owns Allegiant Airlines, you know, Allegiant Airlines are the, you know, the title sponsored to the new stadium there in Las Vegas. I mean, you know, I think that team is probably uh, uh, one of the hot teams, up and coming teams in our industry in NASCAR, you know, especially on the cup side. And I think the ownership role uh, for Jimmy Johnson to, you know, you, we don't understand a bit, we don't know what the business side of it is. And you know, and how all that works. But, you know, Jimmy was really excited about the opportunity, uh, you know, for him to stay, uh, be around all weekend there at Phoenix. Uh, you know, I ain't seen him excited about NASCAR in, in, a, in three, four, maybe five years. It's been a while, you know, and he's excited to race again. He's excited excited to be a minority owner in, a, in this great organization. So, I don't know. I think it's great for the sport, and uh, man, I'm, 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 as all of us are part of this sport we that we love and make a living in. Uh, you know, it, it's good to have him back. That's for sure. The fans are going to love it, and uh, man, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm excited to see him race at Daytona, and uh, I want to see him win again. 
and and to get the opportunity to race uh, in the new next gen race car, you know he's biting at the bit to drive this new car because he ain't never driven it. And uh, so, I mean, Joseph was talking about all the cool things that was going to be happening in 2023. I mean, you know, Jimmy Johnson coming back and racing and being a part, you know, majority a, a, a minority owner. Uh, I mean. Some cool stuff going to happen in our sport, but man, the, you know, definitely to watch Jimmy race uh, next year is going to be pretty exciting for me personally. Yeah, it would be. And, and Joseph, one of the things that I point to of what kind of David was talking about there, David was saying that he always felt like he'd come back to NASCAR. What I looked at with Jimmy Johnson, you know, him doing the IndyCar thing or doing sports car racing, you know, those never, you know, it never felt permanent, right? You know, when with Jimmy Johnson, you know, it, it he feels like he's one of us, right? Even as a seven-time champion and everything, like his home is NASCAR. NASCAR is his family. And this seemed like an unexpected opportunity, but one he couldn't pass up on. It, it was a time to essentially come home for Jimmy Johnson and a perfect opportunity here. Yeah, I think it was something he was plotting for a while and we just didn't know it. Um, he is a businessman. He has multiple businesses himself. Um, he just understands how NASCAR operates. I think he didn't see a future for himself in Henrik because Jeff Gordon. So he wanted to make a legacy of so now, and he's in the right place to do it. The other two owners are in their 70s. They have... I mean, realistically, Max, 20 more years doing this. Um, and he has 40, 50. Um, he's, he's in it for the long haul. I don't see this going away anytime soon. Um, and he's dedicated to building winners. I also don't think he would have done this if it weren't for the drivers who were there. You're dealing with Eric Jones, who's an amazing amazing racer very underrated i personally think he was let go of gibbs too early we can't really blame them when they had someone like christopher bell waiting in line um and you have noah gregson who's gonna compete for championships one day probably so it's really going to be fascinating and his time in indy was up um he wasn't enjoying it he wasn't running up front and when you're that competitive you don't want to race in the middle of the pack. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very good point. Uh, Dominic, uh, still more news to get to. Still more news to get to, and wish we had an update on this one. And if you're watching along on YouTube, comment below. Let us know who you think could be taking the wheel here. But we first were telling you guys, Jennifer Fryer was the first to report on this at Las Vegas Motor Speedway in October, that there's still no decision on the 41 car. Gene Haas, if he has his way, would like to keep Cole Custer in the 41 for a fourth straight year. If Tony Stewart gets his way, Ryan Priest, the reserves driver, would get that opportunity full-time. But there's still, at the time of the publication of this podcast, no answer on that. And, and guys, I turn it over to you guys. Who are we going to see in that 41 next year? I feel like it is wide open. I feel like it could go either way. But I'm curious your take. Let's start with you, David. Racer's perspective, who's getting that ride in 23? Man, that's a that's a tough one. You know, Ryan Priest obviously des deserving of the ride. Uh, you know what he's done in the in the Camping World Truck Series races that he ran, the Xfinity races. 
the modified races, the guy's incredible talent. Uh, and he will be uh, a future star in Cup Series, no doubt about it. Uh, uh, you know, and, and, and Cole Custer that drives the 41 car now, you know, you look at his dad. I believe his dad is the president of Stuart Haas Racing. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, they're like family to Gene Haas. And, and, you know, who's deserving? I mean, it's just – that's a tough one, man. It's, it's – uh, you know, you got uh, owner ownership stake in the team. And, you know, each each person that has ownership in the team you know, wants this person or this one, you know. So – I don't know. I, th I think it's kind of interesting. Um, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, you saw some uh, some speed out of Cole Custard at times throughout the year. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. I mean, what is it? That is third or fourth year there? I mean, how many how many years has been driving? This third, yeah. Third, yeah. Third year. I, you know, I, I don't know. I guess I asked the question, did uh, – you know, uh, uh, you know, the opportunity was given to him, uh, and especially, you know, uh, you know, last couple of years, or you know, I think the, his first year, Harvick won nine or ten races that year. Uh, I don't know, man. That's a tough one, you know. And uh, I'm sure there's a lot going on there at that organization with the owner stake and that we don't know about, but man, that's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Just a tough one to call, you know, but, you know, definitely Ryan Priest is, is a up and coming hot shoe. We've seen him win a lot of races and, uh, you know, he deserves the opportunity. Uh, but Cole Custer's done a great job too, his dad being the president. So I, I don't, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to hear y'all's take on it. Well, well, Dominic, it's, it's such an odd ordeal because, you know, they were expecting Eric Almirola to retire. That would have all worked itself out in theory. Custer would have had a ride. Priest would have had a ride. Almirola comes back, and now they're talking about that Almirola might not be back next year as well as Kevin Harvick. And so then beyond next year, there's not an obvious choice to fill those seats here. So you have, you know, two drivers and not enough seats, but then next year – you potentially could have enough seats here. So, I mean, this issue, they might choose a driver now, but that's not going to solve their problems down the road either. I mean, there's there's a lot of moving parts and pieces for Stuart Haas. And the fact that they're not, they haven't made a decision at this point in time kind of tells me that that organization has got some stability issues right now, I think. I think so, too. And, and there's no clear sponsorship at the front running of it too. Yeah, Ryan Priest has had Hunt Brothers pizza board over the years, but is that really enough gonna gonna be like a $40 million deal? I just I just don't see it. And we see the reports the are that he claims he has the, the sponsorship for cop. Okay. Yeah, and we we've seen the Haas CNC machinery branding on the 41 car a lot throughout the year. And so maybe sponsorship may not be a, an entirely big factor in all of it, but yeah, there's a big conundrum that's a brewing at Stuart Haas Racing, and they have an even more interesting one for next offseason. So it's going to be a weird year. No matter what happens, it does sound like there's a little bit of chaos going on behind the scenes. Joseph, what do you think is going to play out there at Stuart Haas? 
Yeah, I'm not totally sure. Like you guys said, it could go one of both ways. Keep in mind, Cole Custer is a very good race car driver. He won an Xfinity Series race this year. He won seven in 2019. He won a cup race. He knows what he's doing. I think he's a product of just not the right driver crew chief combination. He's had the same crew chief for a few years now, Mike Shiplett. Not to throw him under the bus, but at some point, if it's not working, you do have to fix it. And the crew chief who never really had success on the cup level, he didn't have that many cup opportunities to begin with. Um, and he was kind of thrown in there thinking that he would do really well after he did so well with Cole in the Xfinity series, um, which is going to be a concern, by the way, for Ty and his crew chief. But with Cole, I just don't see him staying in this car. Ryan Priest is not only a better racer, but if he's coming with funding also, that would really be a big deal. Like He, he epitomizes what a Stuart Haas racing driver is. And if he doesn't go there, maybe he goes to a Rick Ware or live fast car or vice versa. Cole goes to one of those cars and they up their relationship with SHR. So we'll see what happens. There's definitely a lot of options, but I don't see them demoting Cole to the Xfinity series. He does belong in the Cup series. Yeah, I don't think either driver belongs in the Xfinity Series. I don't think it, there's anything to gain for either driver being in the Xfinity Series. They both deserve cup rides. Um, and then one factor, Dom, that Dale Jr. even brought up was, quite frankly, Cole's future might actually be in, an, in a management position with Stuart Haas. Uh, you know, how much longer does Cole even want to race? Who knows? You're right. I believe he was talking about that on the Dale's Junior Download a few weeks back. It is anyone's guess. Maybe he takes his father's footsteps and sees the business side of it. He could be coming to some sort of cross crossroads in the future or some sort of fork in the road. But as they say, as you get to a fork in the road, pick it up. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Anything else on the news and notes front? We're good on the news and notes front. I think it's time for everybody's second favorite segment, Tyler. Yes, uh, ask Venus. Uh, <laughs> oh, actually, that's ask David. Uh, oh, David. Oh, okay. Yes, and it is uh, presented by Ticket Smarter. Ticket Smarter came board as the primary sponsor this year on David's 08 Ford Mustang. We'll tell you a little bit more about what they do. Ticket Smarter is a national ticket resale marketplace with tickets to over 125,000 live events, including NASCAR and other forms of motorsports. Fans can get tickets to every NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Camping World truck race throughout the season. For the best deals on tickets, visit TicketSmarter.com to get your tickets today. That's TicketSmarter.com. Each week, we ask you to submit questions to us, Facebook, Twitter, also by email, DavidStarPodcast at gmail.com. And our first question, David, in the inbox comes from Robbie. Robbie wants to know, David, we know you're big in your faith. We hear about drivers having Bible verses in their cars, but do you or other drivers ever pray behind the wheel, like during a green flag run or under caution? Um, I'm sure, I'm sure they're, you know, I'm sure they do. Uh, you know, I, uh, you know, I, my relationship with the Lord is my relationship and, and we, you know, and, and, you know, that's kind of, 
you know, I, I pray and talk with him, you know, and when, when, uh, you know, consistently, uh, when the green flag drops, man, I'm, it's, you know, for me, I'm, I'm pretty focused and, uh, pretty intense. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, it's always cool, uh, you know, uh, uh, to have church at the racetrack every weekend and week out, even if it's on a Saturday, uh, to, to take care of the important business there. Uh, and then uh, it's awesome that MRO has chaplains there and they come by a car and it's fun to, to be able to say a prayer with the chaplain and your family and your sponsors uh, before the race starts. But man, once I climb in that window and I crank that thing up, it's, it, you know, it's uh, pretty focused on the job at hand. I don't, I can't ever remember uh, you know, praying during a race, you know what I mean? But definitely uh, before one and, uh, you know, and after, uh, but uh, but never, ne not really during. I'm not going to say that, you know, um, you know, I, that, you know, drivers don't do that. I'm sure they do, you know what I mean? And how, we have the right to pray anytime we want to, you know. And, right. Uh, but, uh, but, man, I'll do my praying before and after, for, that's for sure. Yeah, well, well Dom, Along those lines, you know, uh, David mentioned uh, MRO and MRO's terrific organization. I'd love to have somebody on the show sometime from MRO or something. You know, I think that'd be a cool perspective. Maybe now we're in the offseason, might be a good time to do so. But yeah. you know, whether it's MRO, their impact they've had at the racetrack or, you know, seeing the uh, pre-race prayer that, you know, goes on in NASCAR that you don't necessarily see in in uh, other sports, I mean, uh, faith is a, a huge part of, of NASCAR. Well, and we've talked about it on the show before, and, and I'm not afraid to talk about it again. I think NASCAR does it right. I, I get chills. You're on pit road and the pre-race ceremonies where they start with the invocation, some sort of prayer. And, right, I mean, I'm Catholic, but I know we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. And just seeing all the different preachers and pastors and priests and all these different people that come to, to lead us in prayer and then we have the national anthem and i've noticed during the playoff races or maybe if it's during the open and the all race, you have god bless america and the national anthem and then the firing of the engines it doesn't get any better than that it, i always get chills talking about it. i'm getting a little bit of chills right now talking about it and just it, it takes you to that moment in time on pit road and it's so cool to see that and right it takes 10 12 minutes of the entire day, but it's a very impactful moment. And it's a, it's a very intimate moment right before the beginning of the race. We all put our differences aside and we get ready for the race. Absolutely. It's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, Joseph, uh, what, what, what about pre-race? Uh, any routines uh, you take part in? Uh, what, what, what are you doing uh, kind of leading up to the race on your perspective when you're at the racetrack? Um, yeah. When I'm at the racetrack, um, you know, just pray for a safe race, peaceful day, and make sure no one get pray that no one gets hurt. Everyone's protected. Um, I'm Jewish myself. I'm very strong with my faith, as Dominic knows. And you know, prayer for me is an important way to connect. And I hope everyone else does too when they're there because it's an important thing. Yes, that's very cool. That's uh, that's awesome. Good question there uh, coming in from Robbie in the uh, inbox. Uh, next question uh, in the inbox comes from Darla. And Darla <laughs> wants to know, David, 
what are you planning to do during the off season? Man, that's, um, you know, y'all know, and most people, a lot of people know or don't know, but you know, you're, you're really busy in the off season. There's a lot going on for me in the off season. I'm looking forward to, to uh, 2023 NAS, you know, NASCAR season myself, but there's a lot of a lot of planning, uh, a lot of um, you know sponsor meetings, and um, um, uh, doing a lot of th- different things uh, for your sponsors. Uh, Christmas parties. Uh, I guess the most important part is uh, uh, spending time with your family. You know what I mean? Trying to trying to be a, a great dad and a great husband. Uh, and not that I'm not. Uh, just man, I'm always on the go. And, uh, you know, I work a lot, obviously, owning a NASCAR racing school now and, and racing full time. It really keeps me busy and gone a lot. But the reality of it is, is I work hard and I love to race, man. That, that makes my heart beat. Besides my kids and my wife, um, you know, uh, there's a balance there, you know. And in the off season, uh, you know, I, when come Daytona and when Daytona starts and until the time the season ends in, uh, in, in, in Phoenix, and I, I can race, race, race. Kind of the deal I have with my family over the years, when I get home from the last race of the year, uh, you know, you need to take care of business, business being our sponsors and the racing organization and the business side of our sport. But you know, uh, I, I can race from February until uh, November, go race anywhere I want to, be gone as much as I need to. But when the holidays are here, that's for us, that's family time. That's 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 family time for, you know what I'm saying? And uh, that's kind of how we've done it over the years. And uh, but it's it's a I can assure you it's a busy time. It's busy. Uh, you know, I got a big racing school this weekend at the Texas Motor Speedway. Uh, I, I, w- I was headed to Charlotte, North Carolina, Sunday afternoon. I had a meeting that got canceled. Didn't end up going. I'm probably going to Charlotte next Monday. Uh, you know, so, you know, you, you're, you're really, you're not actually going to the racetrack busy from your race to race situation, but you're, uh, you're on an airplane going to see sponsors, uh, speaking engagements. There's a lot going on in the off season, you know what I mean? And and you try to really slow down and enjoy it as much as you can because, man, in a blink of an eye, we're on pit road, we're saying the prayer, we're doing the national anthem, and, man, we're climbing in that window, and, man, they're dropping the green flag just to, to kick off another year of, our, uh, of, of NASCAR racing, you know? So uh, you just got to kind of take it in and enjoy it because it goes by so quick, you know, but, but definitely a busy time. Yeah. What about you, Joseph? What, uh, what are you doing in the off season, man? Um, I am looking for a full-time job. <laughs> Hopefully I'll find one. We'll see what happens. I'm freelancing. I'm enjoying life and uh, taking it day by day. Maybe I'll go see a baby. I heard someone has a baby. <laughs> so you're telling me we actually might get you to New Mexico for the first time. I may go to New Mexico at this rate. <laughs> what wow. about you? What about you, Tyler Jones? What what uh since your tour, your summer tour failed terribly miserably, what what's going oh, it didn't on? Fail. Tyler it's Jones' exceeded. life. It's exceeded very much so. Uh off season for me doesn't really change much. You know, I'm still right in the thick of uh, football season, but 
certainly, uh, I'm still counting. I'm already counting down the days of Daytona, guys. I can't wait to be down there with David and with Dominic and our buddy Matt Jennings and and all that. I mean, we're going to have a, a great time. And we're less than, get this, David, did you know we are less than 100 days away from the Daytona 500? already yeah that that that's amazing and, and like i said it just it, it goes by so quick you know what i mean and, and now that we have thanksgiving coming and christmas just gotta slow down and enjoy those great holidays with your family you know and how about dominic man with with man a new daddy beautiful wife and a brand new beautiful baby boy a blessing from the good lord man this, i can only imagine what, what i want what to your know. off season is going to look like dom yeah, I mean, I, I want to know, Dom, do you still have time for Joey Logano? Can you still make time for Joey? Make time for Joey? Yeah, for Joey Logano, our champion. Can you still make time for him? Make time for Well, is he going to make time for me? <laughs> <laughs> Probably Joey's not. a great guy. He'll, he'll he'll make time for you, Dom. There we go. Yeah, well, yeah it's going to be fun just like – getting to do all these cool things like just the cycle of life because i always look forward to christmas and thanksgiving and just that family time we get to really do that this year and we have our own family and get to start our own new traditions it's going to be a lot of fun our families and friends have just been stepping up to the plate it's it's been great guys life has been so good this year we were talking about it a couple of weeks ago about what we're going to remember most about this year and just all this stuff on a personal level from getting married to having our baby boy and our, our little blessing from the Lord, to reuniting with family from Peru and New York that we didn't know was out there. My grandma reuniting with her sister after 73 years, like just stuff like that is what I'm going to remember most about this year. Just so much to be thankful for and grateful for. That's awesome. That's Master, great. That is awesome. Guys, uh, we'll get to go, but uh, we've had a fun show today. Joseph, uh, where can people connect with you and see uh, all the uh, stuff you're doing, man? And Joseph, if they hey. want to hire you, where do they find you? What's your phone yes. number, man? <laughs> call me right here. <laughs> yeah, you could go find me on LinkedIn with my full name or Joe Welkin on Twitter. Awesome. 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 That's great. Uh, appreciate you joining us, man. And uh, yeah, as man, we wrap up, kind of ask, you know, what everybody's got going on this week. Uh, start with you, Joe. Uh, what, what, what do you got going on these the next couple of days? Um, I am resting, doing interviews. I'm actually working on a nice story for Forbes coming out this week that I think you guys will like. I have a story coming out tomorrow with Zane Smith. You're going to want to read that. It's really going to be an incredible story to read about his championship journey and what's coming up for him going part-time Cup Series racing. Very cool. Uh, Dom, uh, you might be a little busy. I might be a little busy, maybe changing a little poopy <laughs> diaper. Or <laughs> What's diaper changing like? It's actually not that bad. I, I got to say, I got to give my auntie Vetinal Coromon credit. I never changed their son, Anthony, who's 12 years old. You know him, Tyler. You've met him. I never changed any of his diapers, but I always got to see them, just kind of observe how it was done. So I felt like my training and my, my watching of it kind of has paid off. At least I picked up on that quick. Burping makes me a little paranoid because I want to make sure he's burped before he goes to bed. So that's a lot of cool different adjustments, but it's been so cool. And we're definitely learning as we go. So we just, we tell him, hey, son, be patient with us because we're learning alongside with you. Hey, Tyler, changing those poopy diapers, getting spit up on, it don't get much better than that, baby. That's, mm -hmm. that's what it's all about. 
Yeah, right, David, you can relate to this. It's David, you've changed a few diapers. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And like it doesn't gross you out or anything. It's your own child. It's okay. He can oh, man, do it. whatever. We'll clean him up. That's what the new yeah. diapers and the wipes are for. That's what soap and water is for. Hey, Dom, if Tyler keeps going on the path he's going, it won't be long. He'll be part of our, our uh, he'll, he'll be a dad soon as well. Oh, oh. <laughs> He'll be joining us. Don't put that side. on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, David, uh, what are you going to Dave, I was going to ask you, uh, what, what are you doing these uh, next couple of days? You got the racing school coming up and then you're off to Charlotte, right? Man, I, I'm, I'm uh, just, uh, just tomorrow, just uh, finishing up a car or two and, and uh, uh, we're moving into the Texas Motor Speedway for our big weekend. Uh, we got a, uh, I think we got about 300 people coming Saturday and Sunday to come drive our race cars. I'm excited about that. And uh, Friday's kind of a cool day. It's a career day at, at Hunt Middle School where my oldest boy, DJ, attends. And, uh, and uh, I'll be taking a race car and talking to the, the school about, uh, you know, it's career day and about uh, my career and, and kind of my story. So uh, I'm excited about that. And then uh, next week I'll be in Charlotte for a couple of days and then we'll hurry back home to uh, celebrate uh, Thanksgiving, man. And, and hearing Dominic and all of us talk earlier, we have so much to be uh, thankful for. And uh, man, that's just a special time of year for me. I know it is for you guys as well. And then Tyler, Tyler, tell us, since um, since your uh, tour was a, a failure, what are you doing tomorrow? <laughs> oh, uh, I'm working. That's what I'm doing. Uh, I mean, this weekend. I'm sorry. What's, what's, yeah. what's the next uh, couple of days? I'm going to Kansas City for a couple of days. Going to go relive my college glory days, you know, at the University of Kansas. And, and uh, go watch uh, my Jayhawks play some football and basketball. They uh, – uh, are going to a bowl game in football. Might be here in Dallas, actually, here in a couple of weeks. So uh, that's exciting. And uh, so, yeah, I'll, get to be, I'll get to be 21 again, David. We, we all love those those. Awesome, days. man. Let all the folks know about, you know, you, you do a good job covering our, 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 our home Dallas Cowboys, man. So uh, uh, you've done a great job. Unfortunately, not so good of a job this past weekend, but hopefully you, you'll give them some love and they'll get back to their winning ways. Wait, wait, wait. You're a Cowboys fan? I am. I am. David is the only Cowboys fan of this group. <laughs> <laughs> Eli Manning. Hey, Mason, right why do you think he moved to Dallas, Texas? Come on, man. I have, I have one of my heroes right there, two-time Super Bowl MVP. Eli Manning. Oh, we, we love Eli. Uh, I will say, David, I'm so happy. If my team had to snap their losing streak, I'm glad they did it against your team on Sunday on two touchdowns. You should have done a bet awesome. between David and Dominic. Their two teams were facing off. Yeah. I, <laughs> I would have been for the weekend. Hey, man, it was a great win. game. That's called the agony of defeat, man. Somebody had to lose. So uh, oh. it, was, it was a great game. That's for sure, man. Well, hey, guys, this has been a lot of fun. Joseph, you're awesome, buddy. Thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it, guys. Pleasure. Joseph, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, Thank you. Big thanks to uh, you, the listener, as well, for uh, stopping by. And uh, we will see you next week. We'll put the checker flag out in this episode. As always, subscribe to Let's Go Racing. New episodes out each and every Wednesday. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Hit the like button on the video on YouTube. And also leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all. And uh, you can also follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, 
uh, at Star Podcast. Email us, David Star Podcast at gmail.com. For Devin Star, Dominic Aragon, I'm Tyler Jones. Thanks so long. It's been another edition of Let's Go Racing for the 90th time. We'll see you next week.